the Northwestern Masters of the Arts and Sports Administration Revenue Above Replacement Podcast. I'm Bryce Clinton. Many of us that follow sports closely, or played sports at any time in our life, have a thought that comes to mind when we hear the term athletic director. For some of us, it's a high school AD, while others think of a more prominent figures at the college level seen through the media. While at a high level, most sports fans could give the broad strokes of the role of an athletic director, most of the understanding from the average fan falls well short of what an athletic director actually provides. Our guest today, Tyler Jones, is someone who spent his career in college athletic departments and has amazing insight on the impact that athletic directors can provide. Tyler joined Northwestern Athletics in September of 2021 and was promoted to Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director for Revenue Generation and Strategic Initiatives in August of 2022. In his role, Tyler provides direct oversight and leadership of Northwestern Athletics' revenue-producing units of the department, including ticket sales and operations, Northwestern sports properties, marketing, merchandise, trademark and licensing, in addition to providing strategic leadership for community relations, communications, broadcast operations, and digital content. Tyler also works intimately with the NU apparel partner Under Armour and Levy, the concessionaire, on strategic initiatives that drive revenue and enhance the brand of NU Athletics. Tyler joined Northwestern from Cleveland State University, where he served as the Deputy Director of Athletics and External Operations in July 2019. There, he oversaw all the department's external units and functions, including ticket sales, marketing, fan engagement, development, corporate partnerships, branding, media relations, and communications, and he served as the administrator for multiple sports programs. Prior to his tenure at Cleveland State, Tyler spent six years in the Big Ten Conference on the athletics and marketing fan development staff at Ohio State. Tyler joined the Buckeyes Athletic Department in 2013 as an Assistant Director for Fan Experience and Promotions and was quickly elevated to Director of Fan Experience and Promotions in 2014. Tyler was promoted to Assistant Athletic Director for Fan Engagement in 2016, where he oversaw and provided leadership for fan experience, marketing, and creative design units. Tyler was a standout on the Eastern Michigan football team from 2004 to 2009. During his senior season, Tyler was elected captain named the team's most valuable player, and tied an NCAA Division I record when he hauled in 23 receptions in a victory over Central Michigan. Following the conclusion of the football season, Tyler captained the Eastern Michigan basketball team where he averaged 4.2 points and 1.9 rebounds per game. He earned his undergraduate degree in marketing and business and has a Master's of Science in Sports Management from Eastern Michigan. Just talking to Tyler, you hear the love for not only college athletics, but for the student-athletes and for the university. So we hope you all enjoy this conversation with Tyler Jones. Tyler, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Happy to be here. So it's a path that you've been through. And before we started recording, we're talking about a couple of things. One, I went to undergrad at Purdue and some of my ups and downs with Purdue basketball this year, and you are so ingrained in the basketball program at Northwestern. But before we get to some of those things and the tournament this year and how basketball has gone both at Northwestern and, and larger, it, can you give us a little background on how you got to the position you are today as the Executive Senior Associate AD for Revenue Generation and Strategic Initiatives, which is a really packed title, and I'd love to unpack that in many ways. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time to unpack that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Tyler Jones, as you mentioned. I'm just happy to be here and, and talk about just what I'm privileged to do every day. And I, it's not a job for me. It's it's truly a calling. Uh, I've been blessed to be in this role. Um, and it really started earlier in my in my life. Um, grew up in a um, in a traditional family environment. Um, both my mother and father had two two younger siblings and. And sport was just the centerpiece of my family. My dad played college basketball, Division Three. It was really sports and, and higher education and school. I and mean, that, that was really just the, the core of our family. Um, we love sports, but sports was a privilege and you had to earn it. And, and we earned it through our academic pursuits. So th- those two were really important to me growing up. Um, I played football and basketball most of my life. My dad put a basketball in my crib really, really early. Um, and, and basketball and football are two sports that I spent a lot of my, my, my youth in. And, you know, for me, I knew early on that I wanted to go to college and, and play college basketball, college football, because my dad had such an unbelievable experience. My dad was the first person in his family to go to college. 
in um you know basketball was his conduit to get to to college and it it really made an impact on him right changed his life he grew up in the inner city of detroit an imp- impoverished community in academics and sport was a vehicle to get him out of that environment my dad played play basketball at wayne state um university it's, it's a division two school in downtown detroit and then also attended a division three um in olivet michigan so again you go from this 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 environment of um, living in detroit to get a chance to see different communities and he couldn't do that without without sports and he knew the academic side was really the driver so that was instilled in me really early in my career um, was fortunate enough to to receive a athletic scholarship at Eastern Michigan University, a small division one institution where I, I captained my football and basketball program. Very few folks play those two sports in college in particular. Usually it's, uh, you know, baseball or football or track and football. Um, but I was fortunate enough to play two sports that I love growing up, football, football and basketball. So earned my undergraduate and graduate degrees at EMU. Um, had a phenomenal student athlete experience and that was really my goal guys honestly it, it was never to play professionally it, it was to earn a earn a degree and i was able to earn two and, and play two sports that i absolutely loved growing up and i did that i accomplished that and uh my junior year and i share this story um my junior year uh, our, the our athletics director was the youngest athletic director in the country at the time um, Dr. Derek Gregg, and it, it kind of comes full circle um, in my story. And um, you know, he asked me, you know, what do you plan on doing after college, after basketball or football season? And for me, as a as a young 21-year-old, it was like, I just I don't want to go to study table. Like my goal was just not to have to do any additional um schoolwork. And he asked, Hey, w- would you would you would you mind or would you have interest in you know volunteering in, in the athletics department? And, you know, again, a young, naive individual, right? The first question you ask, is it paid? Like, do I get paid for, do I get paid for this? Quite early early in your career, your career, you learn that you have to work for free. It's an investment in your career, right? Volunteering, internships, how important that is for your career. But I trusted him. I, I trusted the administration. And, and I did it and I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed kind of what happens behind the scenes of college athletics. I enjoyed, you know, watching the folks that poured into that student athlete experience from academics to facilities to the business office, marketing, development, like all of those things. What what goes into delivering a remarkable student athlete experience as, as an athlete, you just show up. There's equipment there. You show up to practice. There's football. There's basketball. Your jersey's clean. Your your laundry's clean. You don't really understand what happens behind the scenes for for you to be able to do what you love. And I I experienced that for for uh, a, a spring and a summer, and then after that. Um, Dr. Gray, after my graduation, he, he he gave me an opportunity to be a graduate assistant. And, and, and from there at EMU, was able to earn my undergraduate and then my graduate degree, learning about sports administration and, and what I leaned into in that graduate assistantship that I just fell in love was like creating memories, right? College sports, sports in general, we're in a memory making business, right? We're, we're here to bring people together at these different sporting events. It doesn't matter where you live, your your ethnicity, your gender. Um, sports is such a unifier. And I enjoy the marketing, the fan experience part of intercollegiate athletics. And that's kind of where I dove into. And you know, I did that for two years, learned so much at EMU at my alma mater. And there was a it was a seminal moment for me. I was there for seven years. So five years undergrad, I redshirted, I was there, earned my graduate degree with a graduate assistant. And I, and I tell you this, and it was hilarious. I was in a uh, an admissions brochure for EMU. And I'm like, I got to get out of here, guys. I, I've been here way too long. If I'm being featured in, a, in an admissions brochure, I think I need to like spread my wings and and and, and try something else. So um, I, I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville uh, for one year. And it was an incredible experience for me. Get a chance to see college athletics at probably one of the highest uh, you know, functioning departments in the, in the Southeastern Conference. Was there for a year, learned so much. 
came back to EMU um, in a full-time role, uh, loved it, and then went to Ohio State for six and a half years and, and really learned about the inner workings of a department, a, 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 a high-functioning department in every every aspect, revenue generation, strategic partnerships. Um, and then from there, I really fell in love with, okay, how do you become elite at that institution, right? You learn about, you know, driving it, you know, driving revenue, fan engagement. So did that for about six and a half years, primarily in revenue generation and brand development. And then I went to to Cleveland State University uh, as a deputy athletics director. And from there, I learned about building something from the ground up, right? So at a place like Ohio State, and I use an analogy, it's like a cruise ship is really hard to turn, right? Like it's it's, it's established, um, it's a massive vessel and you're really just trying to keep it straight, right? You're not really turning it. And there, there's, I, I learned a lot about that, right? Understanding a brand, brand integrity or tradition, those things that are important. And I would uh, I would equate Cleveland State as like like a speedboat <laughs> where you can turn it really really quickly and make it make it you know make it what you want it to be, and put your DNA all over an institution and build it from the ground up. And I was fortunate enough to to do that at Cleveland State, uh, serving as the number two in the department, uh, building the basketball program, and you know hiring a staff and you know, trying to re, re, re-energize a fan base and driving revenue and, and storytelling and those types of things. Did that for two years and absolutely loved it. Learned a lot about myself as a leader, uh, learned the importance of culture, um, learned the importance of vision and get people excited about a vision. Uh, that was really helpful in my career. And just learned about more about being an AD, right? As the number two, you're, you're right. You're locking arms with the leader. You're going through a lot of things together. So understood kind of what what it would take to be an athletics director and had an unbelievable experience. And then now I had a, had a decision to make. Do, do I go back to, you know, the power five ranks and take what I've learned from Eastern Michigan, University of Tennessee, Ohio State as a young emerging leader at Cleveland State, learning the importance of building something from the ground up. And the, the story comes full circle. The AD um, that was the youngest AD in the country and I was a student athlete was the AD at Northwestern. And we kept in contact with each other since, you know, a 20, 20, 20 year old, right? Almost 20 years. And he, he, for, he afforded me an opportunity to come to Northwestern and to help him build it, right? Help him build something special here at Northwestern. And when your mentor, a person you looked up to, an individual that gave you your first shot in, in, in college athletics, you know, express interest if you come in and work from him again. I, 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 it was easy. I would have walked from Cleveland to Evanston uh, for the job and, and and came here, and it's been it's been awesome, right? Northwestern is unique. It's kind of a a a curation of all the experiences that I've had in my career, from working at a Power Five right uh, at Ohio State. You know, you know, working at a smaller institution, we're, we're one of the smallest institutions in the Big Ten, very similar to Cleveland State. Right. You know, working in a in a, in a media market that's um, there's a ton of pro sports, very similar to Cleveland. Right. Where you're the college entity in a in a pro sports town. So when I took the role, I was excited about how do I really flex the skills that I've learned over my career and again, put my DNA on, on, on a place and make an impact. And God, it's been phenomenal. We, we've made a significant impact in a short amount of time. And it's a credit to Derek, Dr. Derek Gregg's leadership and the special people at Northwestern that I've been able to, to really lock arms with and work with and just so proud of the effort, certainly with basketball and the, the fan experience and the student engagement and the fan engagement and the success on the court has it, been remarkable to be a part of. Um, I, I'm just I wake up and I pinch myself every day of like, wow. Uh, in a short amount of time, what we've been able to to accomplish, and for me in my career to to kind of see it full circle with an individual that I looked up to as a you know twenty two year old, uh, not knowing what I wanted to do, to you know to be in this role in this position with this level of impact has been been terrific. So that's kind of my personal narrative of, of why I do what why I do it, and and it's really giving back and hopefully inspiring a, a future Tyler Jones, a student athlete that I get a chance to interact with 
that I'm able to help them, you know, pour, pour back into those young people's lives. And that's a really cool thing because you mentioned special people at Northwestern. I think that extends to the student athletes as well. And I've been fortunate enough to have many student athletes in my course over the years. And it's very different than the experience that you would see portrayed in the media or whatever it may be, because those students are so engaged. They're so engaged with the coursework and they provide such value in it. But also they have that same mentality that you did, many of them, of I am here to get this education. I am so fortunate to be able to play a sport and continue to do what I love and have, you know, economically have this supported, my education supported, but also realistic about the fact that I need to really prepare myself for a career. And I think it's a great mindset that you have of you're in that same spot and somebody yeah, a mentor it helped you. It, it is. And that, that's the cool part about, you know, my job is certainly there's a business side of college athletics. I'm sure we'll dive into that at some point and talk through that. But at the end, end of the day, we're, we're here to grow young people, right? And to provide them the the tools, the training, the support, the resources for them to achieve their potential. And that's really my purpose is to provide young people access and opportunity, right? Access to resources, right? So for us, access to higher education, right? That's what we're providing them, an access to higher education, um, you know, providing them an opportunity to play the sport that they love, right? Um, an opportunity to meet and, and and network and meet alums and 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 their peers, right? Opportunity to see the world. Our football program played a football game in Ireland. How incredible is that, right? Many of them have never left the country. A lot of them didn't even have a passport, right? So an opportunity for them to see the world. Um, that that's what it's about, guys. I mean, that that that's 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 transformational. It definitely transformed my life, right? To 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 be able to do what I love and to find my passion on a campus is 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 incredible. And I get chills talking about it. And you know, you get a chance to see young people at 18 years old and not knowing where to go and what to do. And then you get a chance to, you know, shake their hand and give them a big hug when they graduate um, with a degree from Northwestern. And with the whole world in front of them it is is incredible. And I'm I'm privileged to be able to help support and be a small part of their story. Um it is incredible. It's it's again, it's not a job, it's it's like a dream. It's 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 amazing. I'm certain that many of those folks would not say that you're a small part of that. I think there's a lot that goes into all that you do in your role and the work with basketball. But if you if you kind of break down that role, it like I mentioned. There's a lot of things in there, revenue generation and strategic strategic initiatives, yeah. really are important pieces for any business. If you just break it down in a business perspective, revenue, revenue generation, obviously very important. But can you talk a little bit about what that means in a college athletics setting? Because I yeah. think most of us <laughs> don't think about having to have the same level of scrutiny on, hey, well, how do we continue to drive revenue? How do we find new things? Because it, we just see it going and going. So what yeah. what does that really entail? It's a great, that's a great question. And and I had the uh, Dr. Greg, he's all about, again, pouring into young people. And he had um, uh, several members of his executive team. I'm one of, of those folks. And we were visiting with the Kellogg group. Um, and these are, it's funny you said that. A lot of the students, Dr. Greg had them all stand up and talk about what their ultimate goal would be. And you were spot on. It was, I want to be a G- GM of a pro team, an athletics director, or an agent. I mean, you were like spot on. Out of the 14 of them, th- that was pretty consistent. So w- w- what I shared in that, um, in that conversation is the uniqueness of college athletics, right? So college athletics is, is like a business entity you know, woven into an academic environment. That's like unprecedented. You know, if you work in pro sports, top down, everyone's aligned is to drive revenue, right? Drive user engagement, right? It's, it's everyone's the same. doesn't matter if you're F- FC Dallas, right? And the MLS or the fire, like they're all together or in the NFL or the NBA, the business model, the overarching mission is the same across all the franchises, right? In college athletics, it's, it's a little bit different. Like you have this one area, this one unit, athletics, that have maybe some, some unique and different um, goals than, the, than higher education. Higher education isn't necessarily driven by a revenue generation, right? It's not. They have different core core missions. So that that is unique, right? How where we sit on a on a college campus. Um, 
But for us to be to be great and to to provide student athletes with that remarkable experience, it requires resources. It requires dollars to provide them phenomenal health care. Right. To to have them coached and mentored by the best in the business. It requires resources. Right. The facilities in which they occupy. Right. Requires resources, travel, equipment. Right. All those things require dollars. Um to, to be able to, 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 to operate at a high level. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of what we do have a business component to it. And that's what I, I oversee a lot of those areas, a lot of those revenue verticals, uh, one of which is ticket sales, right? Selling tickets, you know, getting people into the venue. Um, that that's within my purview and revenue generation. In addition to that, Corporate partnerships, the different sponsors that are associated with our athletics department, I have the privilege of leading, providing leadership for that area. So ticket sales, corporate partnerships, and in addition to that, also working with some of our partners. So uh, our, our food and, and beverage, so Levy restaurants, our concessions falls within my, my purview, and then merchandise and apparel. Um, so the things that you see, the, the Northwestern branded gear in stores, um, that that folds within my scope. So those are some of the revenue areas that that I manage. And then the strategic partnerships is like a massive bucket of, of things. Uh, we have a, a phenomenal partners such as Under Armour, right, as a partner that that I work with from a branding and marketing perspective. Um, and then also NIL. Uh, that that's that's been that's risen on my list of priorities over the last um, year and a half is NIL and all the different partnerships that we have and building out a robust NIL framework for our student athletes. And then uh, some of those things are kind of whatever the AD would want me to, to tackle other duties as a sign. And that's that's centered around some of the partnerships that that we manage. And then on the other side, that's my day job. Uh, my my night job is working with our particular sport programs. So we talked about men's basketball, uh, working intimately with that program, with the coaching staff, providing guidance and leadership with them, uh, working on budget with that with that program, scheduling with that program. Um, it's kind of like a general manager role, but not like we don't, I don't really talk about personnel, right? The players that you recruit, I don't really get into the weeds there, but it's really helping them, you know, be more efficient, be a resource for them, support, guidance, um, providing counsel in certain situations. Um, that's my primary function with men's basketball, but I also have men's soccer as well. So I'm the sport administrator. We call it sport administration, but I'm the sport administrator. I serve in that role for our men's soccer program as well. So that's kind of my my, my night job, right? Being being with the team being present, providing that leadership, that guidance, um, and also being a conduit for the student athletes, right? I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not coach Collins or coach um, Payne's agent, right? I'm, I'm not, we're not talking about playing time, um, but my door is open to talk about life after sport, right? I'm a former student athlete. I have some rapport. I can speak their language a bit and answer some questions that are separate from the sport, but just about life in general and being that that individual that, that I call it a different accent in the room that can provide a different perspective. And that's enormously valuable. I think as you talk about preparing student athletes for life after whatever they do, there's obviously the sport piece, which I think goes so far into things like the ability to take instruction and leadership abilities and so on, the classroom education that's there, but then to have a resource such as yourself that's been through those things is invaluable to students. But if you look at the sports administrator part of that, that's one thing that I just sort of learned was part of the athletic director's role, but in that basketball role, it's been a pretty great season. We were talking about this before we started recording. Has yeah. that changed your role with the basketball team as more spotlight has been been on Evanston because of the basketball success? Oh, I would say a little bit, um, but it, the mission is the mission. It's, it's the student athlete experience, right? Like making sure that our, our, our student athletes are supported, right? And provided with every opportunity to be successful. In terms of the notoriety and the attention, you welcome that, right? We we wanna we wanna be across all of our 19 sports uh compete for championships. And for a number of them, we do, you know, annually. Our women's lacrosse program is phenomenal. Our softball program is 
oh, awesome, right? Um, so we have a lot of programs that are competing at a high level. And our goal is that we are all 19 competing for championships across the board. And certainly football and basketball are the ones that are out front. Men's basketball are the, are the two sports that are mostly out front, right? And are going to get all the acclaim when you're playing well, right? Just like our men's basketball team right now. But also get a lot of the, the ridicule when they're not. And that was the case with our football program this year. So we understand that. Um, our student athletes understand it. Our coaching staff understands it. But in my role, my my disposition is is the same, regardless if we're, you know, you know, 19 and 7 that we are now or 7 and 19, right? It's really to help support those those young people on, on the team, but also our coaches. Our coaches and staff are humans, too. They're people. And um, they need support, right? They, they need to have someone to talk to about just life and how to manage things. And that's my role is to support these folks, to support the program. Like, uh, like they're out there making jump shots and calling plays. I'm not doing either of those things. I'm, I'm a cheerleader for them. Uh, I'm a support system for them. I'm here in times of great jubilation and excitement, but also, you know, moments of just despair. And being that uh, that that calm person, you know, in the room that can sometimes hug them when they're crying, and sometimes I got to kick them in the butt. And in some cases, too, now, so um, it, it is a unique position to be in in college athletics. It is a unique role, but um, I've embraced it. I've learned to balance it in, with my day job, which is the the business side of the organization. You talk about that jubilation. I guess it kind of pains me to ask this question because. I went to undergrad at Purdue, but yeah. it was a great game and it probably a good loss for Purdue in a sense of a good team. Sure. But is there anything that goes into preparing for something like the student storming a court? Uh, yeah. After something like that? <laughs> That's a good question. And this is more my philosophy, guys. And I've been at, you know, I've been fortunate to serve at different institutions across the country. Well, like different levels of expectation, right? So, you know, serving at a place like Ohio State, you expect to win. I mean, during my time there uh, working with, you know, football in particular, I think they only lost like six games in six years. It was it was just incredible. Right. Mm -hmm. So and I've been at other places where you don't like it's you know, you win you know, two or three games and it's great. And for me, it's you got to prepare for success. You have to prepare for it. You don't you don't try to pivot and be ready for that. We were we were prepared to win that game. Right. We were we were prepared. Um, now, a court storming is a court storming. It's kind of like it's it's the essence of it is to be a surprise. Like it's like to have the, the program of court storming is counter to what it's about. Right. But uh, we were prepared as, as a department, um, having some safety protocols ready to go. Uh, we assume um, when we win that game that that's typically the reaction from students. And it's great. Again, we talk about it at the beginning of the conversation. Memory making business. That was a that was a memory that those young people would never forget. The time that the Cats beat the Boilermakers on the home court and a sold out crowd, and they're able to experience that with their peers, right? The student athletes. They're they're their peers. They're not above them. They're they're together, and to have that experience together and sharing that moment is great. But yeah, there are preparations and conversations about, you know, when we win this game, how, how what are what are the the next steps in terms of content? You know, we we did an awesome video capture and shared that like early what early this week. You don't just like hire videographers and folks like you know the day before. You you plan for those things to to be able to storytell and give people the behind the scenes. A perspective again that's how you build a brand and build a fan base and get people tied to the program not by the score that they see on tv but the compelling storylines around our program and we have phenomenal storylines from the head coach to the you know student athletes i mean the, the support staff so yeah you got you got to prepare for those things and when we and we we prepared for success this season yeah and i think that in my view that there's People get so, why are people storming the court? But you get the point. It's that memory-making thing. I remember running on the field as an undergraduate when Purdue went to the, Drew Brees was there and at the Rose Bowl, beat Ohio State, beat Michigan. I barely remember a lot of other things from college, right. but I remember those things. Right. And That's nobody right. got hurt. It was fine. Now, I mean, there's obviously safety protocols that go into that, but you, you make such a good point around capturing those memories. But then the business side of what you do kicks in there of 
hey, wait a minute, this is a great way to, to tell that story and to create compelling content around it because it is such a cool event and it's such a, a great thing, especially in the midst of such a great season for the basketball team right. to have that content and to have those stories to be able to tell. That's right. That's right. And it, again, it, it speaks to um, being proactive and having a plan. Um, and we, we met in the summer, well, in the late spring, and um, a lot of folks call it a, a, a retreat. But I'm a former football player. We call it a blitz, right? We're not we're not looking, we're not going backwards. We're 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 being aggressive. And during our external blitz with our external, we call our external team, which again is the area that I, I talked about, we plan for success. And we came out the, the gate really hot with football, right? We go to Ireland and we win and it was great. Um, didn't really end the way that we wanted, but we plan for success across all of our 19 sports. So um for for me as as the the leader of the areas it's refreshing to see a plan come to fruition and have the infrastructure built to capture those moments and then reshare it cuz you want to have a little bit of fomo for the people that were not there so now they want to come back and luckily we had another game you know several days later we'd be in Indiana at the end luckily we did I was so happy that we didn't storm the court because <laughs> You know, for us, that was a game that, you know, you expect to win. You know, we're a friend's top 25 team. We, we beat that team before on the road at Assembly Hall. And that was refreshing to see our fan base is actually maturing in front of our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they understand, you know, the, the the opponents and what's at stake and, and those types of things. And that doesn't happen by happenstance, right? That is, you know, a thought-out plan, engaging the students, engaging our fans, telling the story, all those, all of those things matter, and it's been just humbling to see it. It's been great to to, to watch my staff, which I have a talented staff, to see the joy in their faces because they've put so much work into this to this year, not just around basketball, but with other sports, and to be able to to, to you know experience it with the student athletes and coaches and fans is is just that again going back to the memory making business. That's what that's what it's about. Yeah, and it's cool that it's on both sides because you put so much into it for these student athletes. And it's really cool to see that it happens for both. I mean, circling yeah. back to one thing that you mentioned earlier, you talked about NIL. And I, and I know that this is such a topic of conversation, but you mentioned that a big part of your job or more of your focus now is on NIL. And so I guess the question is at its top level, how is that going? How are student athletes responding to that? How is the university responding to it? Yeah. But then on top of that, earlier this week, we saw the True and You launch yep. sort of the first collective. And so kind of what's that relationship like given the NIL collective is sort of a separate entity? Sure. Yeah. So I, I'll start like just the, the space. One, as a former student athlete, this is incredible. It's awesome. I love it. It's great. It's great for for, you know, student athletes, not not only to to, to drive, you know, in in in. in and earn dollars from their name, image, and likeness. That's great. That's awesome. Well, well deserved, well earned. But what people miss, there's a there's a learning apparatus to that, right? They're they're able to learn the importance of brand and managing your brand and engaging with fans, engaging with the media, and how that helps you from a monetization, right? So that that part, there's a learning outcome there. There's a learning outcome about finances, budget, taxes. That's coming. That's coming. I let them know you you earn dollars. There's a tax component to it, right? So the earning of it. Then there's the business side, contracts, obligations, exclusivity, those types of things. What, What type of business are you aligning yourself with? Have you done your research? Do you agree with their values, right? You're, you're giving them access to your name, image, and likeness. You're 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 endorsing a product. Do you know what the, what's in that product, right? Is that product permissible? So there's so many you know learning outcomes from NIL outside of just earning dollars. That's preparing these young people for life after sport, so they understand the importance of of taxes and budgeting and finance and contracts and representation. All of those things they were not really talking about. And they were getting hammered with it right when they were done playing college ball and they're in the pros and they're coming in, they have an agent and contracts and they were not prepared. Now they're prepared for that through NIL. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for their ability to monetize, but I'm also excited about their ability to learn about business 
because again, we're in higher education. It's about learning. So that's just kind of my like my personal opinion about it, that it is a positive thing. But it's also challenging because the rules, right, it's still it's, it's flowing, it's changing and evolving. So from the competitiveness, it is a little bit um, discouraging because there isn't firm guardrails around it right now. And I, I totally get it because it's new. In terms of how our student athletes are embracing it, I, it, I want to answer that in, in two in two ways. One, the student athletes at Northwestern is, are different, right? They're just they're unique. They're different. Um, they have different aspirations, different interests. It's not just through monetization of their NIL, um, and that that's that's great. That's awesome. Um, but the the student athletes that have found interest in it. It's been good to see them be more curious, ask questions, be more engaged in it, learning how they can monetize it. Because at the end of the day, they're all wired as athletes and being competitive and want to be the best. So for us, it's providing really the resources, the education, um, the guidance in the space so they can be empowered to, to, to go out there and really drive revenue. So that, that's been our charge at Northwestern. That's who we are, is to empower, engage, and educate our student athletes of what NIL is and how they can monetize it. And then again, providing them the, the infrastructure for them to do it safely, right? Because there are, there are some bad actors out there in NIL that are looking to take advantage of, of young people in this space. So we're trying to provide this, this, this infrastructure and support system for them to go out there and, and feel confident um, driving dollars for themselves. Um, so that's kind of like the business side of it. The NIL collective is is new. I mean, we're 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 one of the we're a little bit more intentional and measured um, because of just who we are as an institution. And I'm I'm thrilled that there's a a collective um, that are you know eager to work with our student athletes. Um, and I'm 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 super thrilled that their their mission is really through community service, right? And getting student athletes out in the community, engaging with young people. Um, that's just who we are at Northwestern, right? We're we're doing it the right way, doing it with integrity, being intentional about it, and to have this collective that truly um, aligns with that and can speak to that from a, from an institutional perspective, um, gives us some confidence that, that we're doing it the right way. And, um, it, it, it seems organic and, and, and native to who we are, but time will tell, right. In, in terms of the space of NIL and the collectives, I think the, I think rules will become a bit more defined and, and folks have to be a bit more deliberate, deliberate on what they're doing, um, but I'm also just curious how that that group evolves and 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 grows as well. So I, I think it's too soon to laminate like if it, if it's great or not. But I'm I'm curious and and excited to see how it grows. And like you said, the thing that I think people miss sometimes is great to be able to make money. That to me, it seems like those top level people that are making a ton of money. That's a small percentage of them, but more are making that walking around money to put some money in their pocket. But as you said, if the remit of a university is to educate young people for down the road, what an amazing opportunity to do branding and marketing and understand contracts, understand finances at a really granular level, because it's about yourself. Right. And I think that that's what's so cool. Yeah. But if you look well, at NIL. Yeah. Well said. I mean, that that is, you're spot on. I mean, that that's what it's about. It's It's more than just the dollars generated. It's the learning outcomes. Like, how are you able to learn to your point where the stakes are a little bit lower at this part point in your life mm -hmm. to, to get some reps? <laughs> um, you're not you're not necessarily, you know, providing for a family just yet. It's really just, you're one of one uh, with, with the right infrastructure from an institutional perspective. Like, that's awesome. So I agree with you. I really appreciate you saying that because I think there's other folks that think it's all about profiting. And um, yeah, that's a part of it. But if you really dig deeper in the box score, it's it's more than than just the dollars. It is. I wasn't a student athlete in college. Had a lot of friends that were, and some of them struggled. And they struggled yep. in the sense that they didn't come from a place where they had access to capital from family or whatever it was. And to see them, and they couldn't go and get a part-time job doing retail or things like right. that because the commitment. So it's cool to see that they have the ability to do that. But even if I look at my own, college experience, some of those things like contracts, or, mm -hmm. you know, I've never learned those at that level. And so it's an amazing opportunity to teach students those things, to be able to use them down the road. 
one way they could use it is to help other student athletes as they get older, move on. And so I think it's a really cool learning experience. And I guess that kind of parlays into, and I there's a lot of learning around that. All of us are still learning. You said it's who knows what it's going to be a year from now, five years from now, so on. But beyond NIL, what have been some of the biggest learning moments on the job at Northwestern or as you've really gotten your feet under you? Wow, that's a good question. I think, I mean, if, if you're not learning every day, then that that's the issue, right? So um, lifelong learner, um, I enjoy engaging people that are smarter than me. And that's easy to do when you're at a place like Northwestern, right? So if, I, if you're not, then shame, shame on you. Um, but but for me, you know, what I've learned, the, the one element that I've learned here at Northwestern that is unique to any place that I've been um, is really the holistic student-athlete experience. And we, we, we truly value that here at Northwestern. And... We're, we're privileged to be, you know, to be to be at, you know, to be an employee at a place with high academic standards. But it's not just about the academics. It's about the experience here that our student athletes are privileged to, to have and how that experience resonates with such a diverse group of students. We have students all over the world. Um, and for me to get a chance to work with future world leaders here is incredible. And so that in terms of, for me, a learning experience is that, you know, again, I've been fortunate enough to work at so many different diverse institutions. I, I can't, I walked in eyes wide open. I've just been overwhelmed by just how, how high level these young people are here and how great they are athletically. So to be able to balance, you know, high level academic pursuits and athletic pursuits, I tell them we got a you know 500 unicorns are walking around here on campus in Evanston. Like these people are are incredible. Um, so I would say that for me, just personally, that that's been a, a learning learning piece um, that that's just been unique to to any stop that I've had in in my career. And I think you make such a good point around the access to resources at Northwestern. Even just being someone who teaches, you see that as well. I was fortunate that the person who has been my boss the entire time in my career told me early in my career, he said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's right. And he's right about that because and Northwestern is a place that fosters that. It fosters the ability to continue to learn. And I think what's cool to see is that I see that in the classroom and with mm-hmm. the people, but talking to you and all of the things that you do on a daily basis, it extends to many other facets of the university, right. which is an amazing experience for students. No doubt. And it's, it's an amazing experience for staff, too. Right. And that, and that's me included. Right. So, um, you know, I, I always I always share with our student athletes is that take advantage of everything around you. Right. Like at, at the end of the day, it's a choice. And I've been, you know, privileged and a lot of times lucky that some of the stuff I just stumbled into it. I stumbled in, you know, to, into the AD's office and I and I built a relationship with him and I was curious curious enough to ask the right questions and show interest and he opened up uh, a door that changed my life right and then and then I started to just be more confident to ask more questions and be curious and to learn um and then the more that I asked the more doors opened up right and and that was really just taking advantage other resources that were around me um, but sometimes that can be overwhelming for a young person. And for me, I was just curious because that the AD, Dr. Gregg at the time, I saw so much of him and what I I wanted to be that, right? He was a young person of color, former football player, living out this life. And I'm like, wow, what do you do? And they really started from there like, hey, you're you're, you know, you're a young guy, right? You're very relatable, uh, former football player. I see a lot of life experiences that are similar. And that just kind of that familiarity really made me more confident to be more curious, to be honest. And then that just completely opened up a, a, a new door for me. And what I learned from that is the more curious that you are, the more opportunities there are, are out there for you. And the, 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 the most important or most, the biggest challenge is to be unafraid to be curious. And, and sometimes for young people, it's the environment, 
right? That gives them that safety to be curious. Because being curious can be intimidating, right? I don't want to ask the stupid question. Maybe, maybe they expect me to know that. So, and that's just been my 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 life mission is that stay curious, right? Ask questions. Um, and then I want to create an environment where the people around me feel safe to be curious and ask questions. Cause you never know the person that you may ask may have that answer for you that could change your life. And yeah. for me, that's kind of how you know this this next chapter of my life um uh, came to reality because I was just in that one moment confident enough to ask the AD, hey. Dr. Greg, what do you do? Like, what, like, help me understand what you do. And then it was, then from there, um, my life changed forever. Yeah, it really does show that power of building the connections and the power of someone in your position, right? To be able to answer those questions and give people that guidance. There's been so many things in the evolution of your career that have been really cool to see that progression from a student athlete to all the work that you've done at different institutions. There's a million questions that I could ask you, but I'll get you out of here on this. I've taken up too much of your time already. As you look at those and have you built your career, what are some career aspirations that you're still chasing? Good question. And that changes every day. Depends on depends on the day. I think for me, it's all about your your core values. I mean, I, I allow my core values and my purpose to drive me in my career. I don't I don't like select a particular position. I don't necessarily select a an institution. Um, for me, my core values is continue to do the right thing. So that's having integrity, um, working hard, continue to work hard, which is to have a work ethic, right? Waking up every day, being dedicated, um, continue to seek guidance and knowledge, right? And that's where that that curiosity. I am I am unafraid to ask someone for advice, right? I that, that I am to your point. Being the smartest person in a room makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it does. So, you know, seeking seeking knowledge and seeking guidance. I mean, I, I, I when I meet people, I ask them, what was the last book you read? Like, what, what, what was that about? What did you learn? Um, so this eagerness to to seek knowledge and seek guidance and then to, to, to give, right? To continue to give to people, give my time, give my talent, give my treasure, whatever I have of value to give it because people have poured into my life and given so much to me is important for me to do the same. So like that, those are my core values and that guides me. And then going back to my purpose is to really provide access and opportunity to young people in, in my role in higher education, I have the ability to, to, to provide academic support, scholarship, those types of things, those resources, the, the access to higher education, the access to training. And as long as I'm able to do that, guys, like you know, live within my core values and go to a place that 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 really cultivates that and then me to continue to, to provide access and opportunity to people. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a good spot. And if, if that is a deputy AD or athletic director, it could be, I don't know, you know, flipping hamburgers. It doesn't matter. If I'm able to do that, that that to me is 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 great. And I, I've been able to do that at every stop that I've been. Um, and I and again, I, I feel good about what I've accomplished. I feel good about, you know, you know my family is in a good spot. We, we feel very comfortable here. And as long as I can make an impact and live through my core value and be able to live my mission and purpose, I, I'm, again, I could be flipping burgers at a mom and pop joint and be good and be fine and be okay with that. Um, so that, that and it's, it's not to kind of dodge the answer. It's and, and that that's my that's my pursuit. And then and, I think that's a it's a yeah. perfect answer in yeah. the sense that I think oftentimes, especially we look at students and they're chasing that job. Here's mm-hmm. the job title that I want to have. And when you step back from that. Sometimes that job title doesn't include the things that energize you on a day-to-day basis, right? right? And I think that a better question to ask is what energizes you, what what gets you out of bed. But, you know, you mentioned it, you did all of those things today for us and that access and that insight. And we really, really, really appreciate it. I know that our listeners, especially because so many of them, our students are looking to get down a career path in sports are enormously appreciative just as we are. So thank you so much yeah. for all, for all the time today. Tyler. Uh, my, my pleasure. And again, and I appreciate you saying that, like this is giving me, giving my time and my, my talent to people and in hopes that they just 
give it back to to others. And that, that's all I ask of folks of, you know, when I take a phone call or, you know, someone reaches out via email and would want to grab coffee and to, you know, talk on the phone or do a podcast, I just say, hey, don't need any money. Don't need any acknowledgement. Just promise me that you're able to pour into someone else and, and and give them the time and talent that you have. And that's that's all I ask of people. And I, I also add a little bit of advice is that, um, you know, when you're when you're out, you know, trying to, to find your purpose and to grow in the industry, whatever you're doing. I think a lot of the mistake that, you know, I made early in my career and you kind of mentioned it is trying to chase chase things. And my dad told me this at a young age and I was under recruited as an athlete. I was so frustrated, like, wow, better than that kid. Uh, And he said, if you're really, really good, they'll find you. If you're excellent at what you do, they will find you. They, you can determine who they is. It can be your, you know, coach. It can be what have you. If you're really good at your job, they will find you. And that just gave me so much more just, um, like mental assurance that I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I know that someone will, will find, will find me And that, that hope. I wish I would have like implemented that early in my career. Cause early in my career, I was a chaser. I was like, I want that job. I want that job. I want that job. And then I, I lost the joy. Yeah. You lose the joy in what you do when you're trying to chase because you're not in the moment. You're just thinking about the future rather than being in the moment. So that that's the advice that two things, you know, give back to others, give your time, talent, and treasure to others, and to, you know, find your per- purpose and just be the best version of yourself. Well, that's incredible advice. And we so much appreciate the insight from us and from all of the listeners. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, my for pleasure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the invite.